What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Progress, Not Perfection. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, I get a lot of questions about my personal life on social media, and uh, so kind of wanted to answer a few of them here on the podcast for you guys. Thought it'd be fun for you guys to get to know me a little bit better. So, one of the first questions is, where am I from originally, and where am I living now, and how did I get there? So, I was born in Southern California, L.A. County. I went to school in the South Bay region of California, which is like kind of a small, lesser-known beach Beach County, it's like Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, and El Segundo, and that's the South Bay. So that's where I was raised, and that's where I went to high school. Went to high school at Miracosta High School, and then I went to Redondo Union, and really, really enjoyed living down there and growing up down there. It was a, a really amazing and fortunate place to grow up and live as a kid so that was uh you could say that that was like one of the best places to grow up hey buddy hey hey got the whole gang out here got the whole gang out here (laughs) what's his name buddy You're chill. You're crazy. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Just getting in my walk before the sun sets. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um That's funny. Yeah. So one of the next questions was where did I end up? I ended up in Bend, Oregon. And this is kind of a long story. I've gone into it in other podcasts, but long story short, I moved up here when I was 17 years old. And I had a long history of drug abuse and just kind of not feeling like I fit in anywhere. And drug addiction is a part of my story. It's kind of what led me to fitness. It's what led me to feeling like uh, like I needed another outlet, and so drug abuse, drug addiction is part of my story. It also runs in my family, so if that makes you uncomfortable for whatever reason, you don't have to listen to this episode, but just know that that was a big part of uh, my parents' decision to get out of Los Angeles was to try and get me away from certain people and situations that they felt were a bad influence on me. And as I continued to progress in my addiction in my life, um, things got worse and worse. And when they retired and moved to Central Oregon, I kind of had that choice to come up here with them. And I kind of wanted to, like, come up here and get my shit together. You know, I was only 17 at the time. I already knew I was, like, kind of headed down a path. I didn't want to go down, but 
I just continued and continued, and then I moved up to Oregon, and uh, and it was rough. Like, the initial move was challenging for me because I was just moving away from all of my friends, everything that I had known, you know, the beach, uh, all the activities that I did in Southern California were, like, no longer a thing, Right? No more skateboarding, no more surfing, no more hanging out with friends. Like, I just didn't know what to do or how to fit in. It seemed like the culture was so different up here that I didn't know how to fit in. And uh, that led me to getting kind of further into addiction and isolation. And guess what? If you are hanging out with a group of people that you know are probably not a good influence on you, you're going to find those people wherever you go. There's a saying in uh, 12-step fellowships, wherever you go, there you are. And that was very true with me, right? Like, I was running away from problems, running away from this and that, but I couldn't run away from myself. (laughs) So long story short, that's how I ended up in Oregon. You know, lots of drug addiction, lots of... Uh, jail, institutions, story for another time really, and how I got my life together, got clean, and how I got into the fitness industry. Um, I'm actually going to get into that in one of the next questions. So, next question after that is, do I have a girlfriend? Am I in a relationship? And the answer to that is no, I don't. I kind of had a situation that I was in, I'd say, most of 2020 and then some of 2021. Um, I was in a little bit of a situation. Things were starting to maybe turn into a relationship, but I don't feel that she was ready for it. And I honestly don't feel that I was ready to go and invest a little bit further than I was with this person and didn't feel like the chemistry was right and I've been in enough failed relationships to know that if it doesn't feel right from the beginning you know the first year it's not going to get any better from there you know so decided to and you know we're doing a casual like hookup kind of situation and decided to end that because uh, what I've found through my history with relationships and with casual relationships, um, it usually doesn't lead to any any sort of like feelings of self-esteem, right? It's kind of just using using each other and it's like it's it's kind of grows into more of a a comfort zone and I try to break out of my comfort zone as much as possible and meeting new people is out of my comfort zone. I am like an introverted extrovert, so I'm pretty outgoing, like to be funny and like to be uh, social, but I have a hard time meeting new people. I have a hard time being myself in front of new people, so that's kind of like I have a very different kind of personality. I'm I'm introverted. I like to do my own thing, but I'm extroverted, and then I like to talk to 
and form connections and bonds with like one person at a time, which is kind of why one-on-one coaching uh, works very well for my, my work life because I really like to dive in deep with each client on a one-on-one basis and uh, I love it and I love what I do. <clears throat> so, no, long story short, no, I'm not in a relationship and uh, I don't really have anybody like romantically that I'm seeing right now. So hopefully that changes soon, but you never know. Whatever the universe has in store for me, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for it. So, and the reason I kept that, uh, that conversation with my neighbor about her dogs and stuff in this episode is I thought it'd be an interesting part of the podcast just kind of show you guys like, hey, I'm legit just walking around my neighborhood talking to myself in a pair of headphones. And I'm talking to you guys. So when I'm picturing, when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm actually picturing you guys. So it's kind of a a weird thing, but it's cool. I really enjoy it too. It's one of my favorite places to make content is just here on the podcast with you guys. I want to say I'm really grateful for everybody who listens and who tunes in regularly to me talk and educate and share my life a little bit with you guys so it's kind of like the most comfortable place for me to do that so next question on the list is how did I get into fitness all right so this one is interesting because it kind of ties into the story I was telling earlier about how I came up to Oregon and I was still involved with the same kinds of people and I really wasn't getting my shit together. I wasn't doing anything positive for myself. I was just kind of partying and getting involved deeper and deeper into drugs and that lifestyle. Going to jails, um, treatment center, things like that. I'm not going to go into the specifics of what kind of drugs I was using and like, you know, all of that lifestyle because it's just not necessary for me to go into. But just know that um, I was spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally just like dead inside. And I didn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of will to live. And... Yeah, so I was in a dark place, and one of the people who stuck by my side was my mom. She would always support me, always check on me, always make sure I had what I needed, and uh, never gave up on me, and you know, that's just the Italian moms, they're so like unconditionally loving, and It wasn't until she actually said, unless you get help, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop communicating with you, which was the hardest thing for her to do in her life, right? Like, I'm her baby boy. I'm the youngest uh, sibling, and that was probably the hardest thing for her to do was to actually make an ultimatum and set a boundary because I'd always, me and my mom had always been close. So... She set that boundary. This is the first time she ever really set that kind of boundary with me before. And 
I think it woke something up in me that, okay, the last person I could really trust and count on is now uh, setting an ultimatum and a boundary up. I'm I'm really messing up here. It's time for me to actually do something about it. Right? And at the time I was... I was in and out of jail a lot, and when I was in jail, I was working out. I was using these plastic armchairs, <laughs> and I was doing bicep curls with them, I was doing push-ups, I was doing sit-ups, I was doing whatever I could with the other guys, just trying to get in shape and make the time go by. Well... I was also working on my mental health, my spiritual health. I was doing a lot of other things as well. And when I got out of jail, I got into a sober living house. And that kind of started the journey of me getting into sobriety. And I don't really call it sobriety because I'm not an alcoholic, but I call it recovery Because I am an addict. And I'm a recovering addict. So, I'm going to assume that most of you don't know any recovering addicts. Because we are kind of the minority of the population. And even if you did meet one, they wouldn't tell you that they were a recovering addict. Why? Because they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be everyone giving them kudos and props and thinking that they're special. Because a recovering addict is not special. It is just somebody who decided to take a different path uh, than the path that was outlined for them, which is drugs and addiction. It's a disease. I'm a firm believer in that, and the science supports it, that alcoholism and addiction are diseases. They're diseases. And disease, when you have a disease, you need treatment, some sort of treatment. And what that looks like on a daily basis is making sure that you're taking some sort of medicine, right? Now, for me, that medicine looks a little bit different. It looks like me working on my physical health my mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health. All of these things are super important to me. And these are things that I need to do on a daily basis so that my addict thinking doesn't come back into play. So, me understanding that, it's been a process. And it's been about 10 years since I picked up a drink or a drug, I don't want any, like, congratulations, Jeff, you're so amazing. I don't want any of that because uh, I, then the reason for that is, like, I just don't want to take credit for other people helping me a lot. Um, if it weren't for the other people who helped me and showed me the right way how to do this, 
I don't know that I would be here on this podcast talking to you guys. I don't know that I would have ever started in the fitness industry. I don't know that I ever would have started creating content. I don't know that I'd even be alive, to be honest. And the reason I talk about this stuff is because I need to remind myself of how blessed I truly am. And how grateful I am to have a second chance at life. A lot of people don't get. And I've had friends pass away. And uh, people lose their families and their friends and stuff to this disease. So I understand the, uh, the magnitude of how important this is. So I try not to take it for granted. I'm not the best at that, but I try not to. I try to remember where I came from. That was a long answer. And I still didn't answer how I got into the fitness industry, really. So I was doing a lot of fitness stuff in jail. And when I got into this sobriety house, I ended up... uh, I ended up getting a gym membership. There was a couple guys in there who lifted weights bench pressing Uh, there was a bench press there was a bunch of weights at the house but I wanted to get a gym membership I was working at Quiznos because I was a felon and it was the only place that would hire me so I was working at Quiznos and I started asking the guys like hey what kind of stuff should I do at the gym they'd be like oh use this machine for chest use this machine for back and this machine and this machine right and, uh, you know, I would do things like I'd look at the calories at the sandwiches I was eating at Quiznos, but I wasn't really like, I don't know. I didn't fully understand nutrition. I thought that if you just lifted weights, I would get in way better shape and look amazing, but it never worked out like that. Why? Because I replaced one addiction for another, right? I replaced my addiction to drugs with an addiction to food. And so this led to me battling with my weight for many years. Despite my vast knowledge of nutrition science from me then going to school and going to college and taking nutrition courses and classes um, and knowing how the different enzymes and different foods work and how they break down into your body and what foods trigger inflammation and what foods ease inflammation like knowing all of these different nutritional principles but still not applying calories in versus calories out to my own life (laughs) this led me down a bunch of rabbit holes of following the wrong people on social media Right, We're talking about me going full plant-based, me going into keto, then trying vegan keto, then going vegan keto for several years and thinking that I had found some magical solution and just trying a lot of really unsustainable diets and fasting protocols and just cutting out carbs and being afraid to eat fruit and sugar and all of that crap. That uh, is propaganda, really, in the fitness and nutrition space. So 
after a while, I did find real evidence-based coaches and nutritionists and dietitians and trainers, and they started to teach me all about the things that I need to know, the real evidence-based, science-based information. Once I started applying this, calories in, calories out, I started to see results. And I applied this to my strength training in the gym. I applied science to that. I started doing my own research because I'm kind of a nerd. I enjoy researching and looking up the science behind why things happen the way they do. And from there, I started just creating content, just trying to help people. Um, People started asking me uh, if I was coaching and if I would help them with their nutrition and how much it costs and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I ended up getting certified. I ended up getting in the, in the industry and, uh, I, it was, you know, at a time when I didn't want to be a personal trainer at a gym. I just wanted to help people with their relationship with food and give them a good workout program. Well, 2020 came and I decided I did want to train some people in person. So I got certified and got a job at a gym and then the pandemic happened. And so I was kind of stuck to um, not being able to coach people in person, which is fine. Um, I really enjoyed coaching people online anyways. But this year I have really ramped up my in-person coaching as well which I enjoy. So a lot of my in-person clients have kind of a hybrid coaching system where they receive like one personal training session with me a week in person and then access to my online coaching program as well. So kind of best of both worlds there. And I'm really just enjoying the more hands-on coaching as well super fun and just love the energy that I get in person and online from my clients and it's just been such a blessing so that's how I became a coach that's how I got into the industry um next question here is who are my favorite people that I follow in the industry Um, that's hard to say. On YouTube, I really like, uh, Jordan Syatt, Greg Doucette, More Plates, More Dates, uh, Mike Vacanti. Then on Instagram, I really like my friend. These are all my friends, by the way. (laughs) I've made a lot of friends in this industry over the, uh, the time that I've been coaching, just finding other coaches who have good information out there. Um, My friend Beth Farrako. Or is it Farrako? My friend Beth Farrako. I say Farrako. My other friend Brooke Madigan. Another friend of mine, Cody Harmon. Uh, John Alva. Let's see, who else? Andy Tate, 
Um, Carrie Lee. I mean, there's just so many that I could name. Pete Cataldo. There's so there's literally probably 30 or 40 people that I can name, and I probably left some people out, but those are just some of the people that I follow. And if you want some good books to read, I recommend anything by Mike Matthews. Um, I also really like uh, my friend Susan Niebergall made a book called, I think it's called Strong at Any Age or Fit at Any Age. Just look it up, Susan Niebergall. She just released a book. Um, to be honest, I haven't read it yet. She's going to kill me. But um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it, so go check that out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons of books that I would read. But anything by Eric Cressy, anything by Lyle McDonald, um, Dan Johns, yeah, there's tons of people out there, but, uh, those are the main ones I'd recommend. Anyways, guys, this has been a very long episode, 25 minutes. I'm used to doing these 10-minute podcasts, so I think I'm going to stop recording here as I have run out of interesting questions that people asked me and, uh... I'm going to go ahead and continue here on my walk. I've got another 3,000 steps to hit, so wish me luck. And as always, guys, please screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram stories if you enjoy listening to this episode, and I will see you in the next one. All right, bye-bye.